you know, some of the advice I always tell people when they ask me, like, what's your biggest piece of advice for writers is, you know, do all the things, like put yourself out there as much as possible, because you have no idea where these relationships are going to take you. Welcome to another You May Contribute Verse. Team Versi is Brenna Jennerette, author and outdoors mom, John Seymour, editor, author, illustrator, and data guy, and me, Josh Munkin, science communicator, dad, and author who loves podcasting as well. Rebecca Garden-Levington is here with us this week. It has been a minute since we recorded this chat with her, and it was an absolute joy to just sit and again experience all that Rebecca has learned on her journey thus far. You would do well to catch her 2022 debut brainstorm, as well as this year's Whatever Comes Tomorrow, which covers subject matter particularly dear to my heart and is something we discuss at length right before talking about chickens and ping pong balls at the end of our chat. We are going to get to Rebecca's verse, but first, here's the buzz on our sponsor, Justin Colon's upcoming Kidlit Hive offerings. Check out Justin's November 16th, that's just in a little over a week, session with author-illustrator John Hendricks on designing book jackets, hand-drawn lettering, and typography, something I am particularly both fascinated by and really bad at which is maybe a good reason to catch this webinar. And um, I'm just going to take a take a page straight from Justin's playbook here. Whether you're looking to begin querying agents, need assistance polishing additional materials requested or cracking an R&R, are receiving rejection after rejection and feeling stuck and frustrated, can't find the perfect comp titles or desire more direction and clarity within your creative career, any or all of the above, Justin's editorial services can help you. Check out everything upcoming and everything he has to offer at kidlithive.com. And now, here is Rebecca Garden-Levington's verse. I'm muted. I said the C word and my Alexa picked up on it and started playing a song. <laughs> What's a C word? <laughs> C-O-M-P-U-T-E-R. Oh, oh, oh. That's the wake word for it. Like, there's a lot of C words there, I, I was like, oh dear. Oh dear. John, please edit that out. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Can oh my gosh. Can you hear me? Is it yes. better? Yes. Everything, everything is good. It sounds great. Are you hearing an echo still? Or? Nope. It's good. Clear as a bell? No. No. Um... Yeah. Okay, I mean, thank you so much for coming. We're so we're so like excited to talk to you about all of your books coming out, and I just watched. Um, I literally right before we got on, I just watched the book trailer for um, whatever comes tomorrow. That's the title, right? Yes, that's right. Okay, okay. I was yeah. saying it wrong before because I was like, wait, what? Oh, tell me again, Josh. And Josh was trying to help me out because it's. <laughs> I just couldn't get words in the right order I don't know why but it was it's so beautiful and just the music in the back really um helps to set the tone and build like the tension of you know like figuring it out and yeah it's great I can't take any credit for that that was completely barefoot books uh they have an incredible team they're every everybody there has been so wonderful to work with and they have been working tirelessly to promote this book and they created that whole thing so they did an amazing job is that something you expected? Not at all. That seems over and no. above. In fact, mm -hmm. oh yeah. So, you know, I, this is only my second book. So I have only one other book to, you know, compare publicity kind of things to. 
Um, so I wasn't expecting, you know, too much. You know, I did a lot of my own stuff for Brainstorm. I, you know, I did a lot of my own publicity and whatever. Um, but Barefoot Books, um, they, they surprised me by telling me that, um, that Whatever Comes Tomorrow was going to be the lead title for the spring, uh, for their spring catalog. And so, and when they told me that, I was like, super excited, but I didn't know what that meant. And I was just going to say that they do trailers. Oh, <laughs> so okay. that's kind of cool. And okay, you know, cool. they, they really, yeah, they did a whole bunch of stuff for me. Like they created, um, they, like I have a whole interview up on their website that they did. They did a, just, they just did a TikTok video for me. Oh my gosh. You got a TikTok. <laughs> oh, it's so bad. I don't even, first of all, I'm not even on TikTok at all, but they put it on Instagram too. So I saw it and I was like, oh gosh, I'm so embarrassed. Like it's so, I, it looks very canned, you know, um, and I'm, it's, I'm just not a TV. That's why I asked you guys, is this going to be like, do I have to be made up? Or, right, right, right. Or are you, gonna just, you know, like I, I, I'm glad that I'm in my sweats and comfortable. It makes it a lot easier, but um, well, you look very yes. nice. Today, this oh, this is so sweet. Yes, in my in my uh, workout clothes. <laughs> I live in my workout you know, clothes. I feel it. like at any That's given right. moment, yes. I need to be able to like run into a, a like an all out sprint. Right? I have a six year old boy. I mean, oh, I have totally. to be ready. You know what oh, I mean? Yeah. So like, whatever outfit I have on, yeah, needs to like lend itself to that. Um, well, I get up every morning and I put on you know, workout clothes, because if I don't, then there's absolutely no chance that I'm going to work out. But if I put the clothes on, then I feel guilty if I don't. So then I force myself to work out before lunch. So that's like my thing. Like I won't eat lunch until I work out. And so that way it's like, okay, I'm starting to get hungry. So I better go work out. Yes. <laughs> and I'm already dressed for it. Is there a so, thing? I love that. Work- can we workshop that into uh, a, a writing brain trick? There's something that we can do to trick Ooh. ourselves. Like, I don't have any writing clothes. Smart. I mean, I guess, I guess technically <laughs> all my clothes are non-writing clothes. <laughs> but yeah, you could, t- you could, you could tell yourself, you know, I'm, if I don't write, I won't get know, dressed. whatever number of words or, mm-hmm. you know, if I don't finish this particular task, then I can't eat. <laughs> <laughs> I can't eat lunch and yeah, right? write this poem. I like it. I like it. It, I'm going to try it. I feel like that. Yeah. There's so much to that because just getting to, I, I work out in my house. We have a training area in our basement. Like my husband built a climbing wall and stuff. So I don't have to go to the gym anymore. Um, but when I used to have to do that, that was the hardest part. Just like getting there. I'm like, well, I'm already here. Then I might as well. Right. But trying to get there and like get prepared and like the whole thing. But if I wake up and I'm like, in a workout outfit and my workout area is in my basement. I mean, I have very few excuses then. So anyways, I'm on board with that whole mindset. Yeah. Can you please do it? I'm the same way. A a tweet thread, Brenna. And then we'll go back to you, Rebecca. Can you do a tweet thread at least with (laughs) pictures of the climbing wall that's in your basement? Maybe to a couple of when when the episode goes live. I'm fascinated by that concept. Oh, Oh, yeah. Sure. Yeah. I'll show the whole, the whole climbing area. We have a wall and then we have a fingerboard and then we have like a, like a bench press and a, um, like, you know, like the whole, like the whole thing with the weights and, and also a treadmill. So it's really nice down there. 
That's awesome. We, yeah. we also have uh, a, a small, no climbing wall, <laughs> no climbing wall, no trapeze, but we do have, <laughs> we have an elliptical and we have a treadmill and some weights. Nice. Uh, and actually I like to do, I have a little trampoline and there's uh, this, these classes online for, it's called bounce. Um, and it's, they're, it's like choreographed, um, routines on the mini trampoline and it's so fun it's like my favorite thing to do so I I I love all of that (laughs) okay I have one more thing to say about that before we transition back over to actual writing talk so can we we talk about your are we going to talk about your uh your um, big bounce battle yes we are (laughs) yes we are (laughs) because so in a recent episode with Elisa Boxer who was on she the whole theme of that was you know be your own hero which I just I love so much um, and it, I linked it because it reminded me of Jesse Graff, who is an amazing American Ninja Warrior, and I love that show. I tried out for the show twice. I did not make the show, but my videotape, my submission, got the attention of this other company called Big Bounce Battle. That is a reality TV show they wanted to bring from Germany to the United States, and they called me and they were like, yeah, like, we think you'd be great for this. Like, we'll let you know when it airs. We'll pay for room and board, and we'll bring you over to Germany. I was like, um, Yeah. And then when I got off the phone, I was like, now, wait a minute. I'm like, what was it about my submission tape that made them think this girl would be great on a trampoline? Like, and then my second thought was, if I get on this show, how does one train for it? Like, what do I do? But now I know I need to do these bounce, these bounce workouts. <laughs> this is what I need. Oh, they're so, so awesome. I mean, thank you so much for adding that piece of the puzzle. Yeah. If they ever call me, I'm ready. Oh, so it's not a hundred percent. You're not doing necessarily doing. I think it or... I think it never happened. This was a couple years ago when I got the call, oh, and I think they just never oh. brought it over because they they were like, oh, "We'll follow okay. up if it happens." I was like, "Okay, cool. I'll be like waiting by my phone." <laughs> but I never <laughs> got a call. Awesome. So, yeah, that's awesome. Well, if it ever comes back, let me know because I will hook you up with the this awesome. It's a, a studio in the city in in New York. And um, they do online virtual, they do live classes. And then they have also like an online bank of classes that I do. Oh my gosh. I love all of that. Yes, I will 100% let you know. (laughs) It never pays to script these conversations because there's so much, there's just gold. Um, Well, maybe we can put the link to that, to to that, uh, the workout video series in the show notes. Uh, yes, very, yeah, yeah. We're just really confuse anyone that tries to listen. To <laughs> yeah, they'll be like, I thought we were talking. It's actually very complicated. It's very complicated sure. to do, like you know, you know. But it's but it's such a good workout because it's also good on your knees and your feet. Like it's not yeah low impact. You know, there's no pounding. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh, and it's fun. <laughs> <laughs> I love anyway. I know. <laughs> I know. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Well, oh wait, this is a writing podcast. I forgot. Right. Well, I mean, we that led to. to a whole brainstorm of stuff, which is your first book totally. that was out. There we are. Brainstorm. Yes. Right. Oh, segue. <laughs> which I read that and was like, oh my gosh, that's exactly what it's like to get an idea. Like you did, you captured it so well. Like where, Aww. where did that come from? And like, what was the journey to that one? Okay. Well, literally, that was the journey. I was sitting at my desk. I couldn't figure out what the heck I wanted to write about. And it was raining outside. And I'm like, hmm, I'm brainstorming in a rainstorm. Like, this is very meta. And and all of a sudden, I was like, what would happen? You know, like, they always say one of those prompts that you can use to get ideas is what if, right? So what if ideas rain down from the sky? 
you know, and I just went with it. I was like, that's a really good idea. I can't believe nobody's ever done this before. And so I wrote, like, I wrote a poem, like, it literally flew out of me, which never, you know, that never happens. Mm. And um, I wrote, I think it was like six stanzas or something. And I just, it was a little poem and I liked it. And I, you know, went on my way. And then like a couple days later, it was kept calling to me. And I was like, I think this could be a picture book maybe. And so I started like expanding it out. And, but before I expanded it, I went online to make sure Beyonce hadn't written it already. <laughs> you know? <Nice>. Yeah. <laughs> or somebody, you know, because you know, like, I'm like, this seems like a really obvious idea, right? Like, to me, yeah. it's like a break. I always I get a lot of my ideas from wordplay. And so when I was thinking of a brainstorm idea and taking that literally, I was like, somebody must have done this idea. Um, so I'm Googling and I'm, you know, going to Goodreads and going to Amazon and all the places. And there, there was a couple of books called Brainstorm, but they weren't kids books. Or if they were, they were self-published. And it was not anything like what I had created. So I was like, all right, I'm just going to go for it. That sort of thing feels but, too, um, too even good to after, sometimes. Yeah. 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 And even after it was acquired, honestly, like I was terrify every time the publishers weekly announcements came out i was like sure somebody would like because my announcement didn't come out for like a year and a half or mm. something so i was sure somebody was gonna like beat me to the punch and sleeping bear was gonna like say oh sorry you know somebody else did it so we're not gonna Canceled. do it anymore you yeah. know because yeah i you know i didn't know how publishing worked i didn't realize like you know once you actually have a deal you have a deal and they're probably not gonna cancel it so right right yeah that's when you know you have a great idea, though, is when you're like, this is so obvious. Like, how did nobody ever do this before? Right? Like, yeah, it makes right. so much sense. Like, that is such a, like, it, it makes sense that it was turned into a book. I mean, it's brilliant. It's perfect. Thank you. Thank you. Well, but a lot of people, I'm sorry, a lot of editors didn't feel that way about it. You know, like, I sent mm-hmm. it out a lot before uh, it got picked up. And um, a lot of the response was... You know, it seems like it's too much in this girl's head, you know, like there wasn't a lot Mm -hmm. of illustratable or they didn't feel like the illustration, they couldn't figure out what the illustration would be. So I got really lucky because honestly, I didn't think about the illustrations. (laughs) I was just like, this is a cool idea. Let the illustrator figure that out. Um, And she did. Uh, Kate Kate Cronreif is the illustrator and she blew it out of the water. It's fascinating given how, how visual... I mean, all picture books are, most picture books are visual, but how, how core the visuals are to both your books, that that that, that wasn't something that was kind of cemented in your mind um, early, early on. Yeah, that's actually a very good point, um, because I am not a visual, I'm, I've gotten much better at that now that I've written a lot of books, um, so then, and I know that they're going to be illustrated, so I'm trying harder to think about what the illustrations will be but uh, you know a lot of my stuff is poetry in the beginning right so it's just the words and I, I don't always think about them as you know what are the illustrations going to be and I'm glad that I don't because that's not my strength and I want you know that combination of the words and the text to work together you know yeah. did yeah. you 
when you got the feedback from the editors that were like, oh, it's just too much in our head. Like, we don't think, you know, this is working. Did you, so I guess it's a two-parter. So did you ever get an R&R on, with that feedback? Or if you, if you did not, so she's shaking her head. No, everybody. So, so no, <laughs> she yeah, did not. So sub, <laughs> sub question. Did you ever, yeah. did you ever consider with that feedback? Did you ever consider like, oh shoot, like it's not selling, but I really like this idea. Maybe I will rewrite it as like, not, not so in her head. Or was it, were you always just very, very much just like, no, this is how it has to be. Yeah, I'm not a rewriter. I mean, I am. Like, I shouldn't say that. Like, I mean, I when I have an idea that I feel strongly about like this, I couldn't imagine how I could change it to make it less in her head. Like, it's that's what it is. It's about a brainstorm. It's mm-hmm. in her head. I mean, it's not in her head. I mean, she's imagining this storm, right, of words and pictures and um, phrases and titles and things swirling around her. So I knew that there was some illustrative ability Um, but I just didn't know exactly how that was going to be, but yeah, no, I stuck to my guns. I was like, you know, I really think that this is a good story as it is. So I, I didn't. Have you done, were both books unagented? Like you submitted Um, direct to publishers. So bear, uh, so, uh, (laughs) brainstorm (laughs) was unagented. Mm -hmm. Um, so, and, and whatever comes tomorrow is not the second book that I sold. The second book that I sold was also unagented and was how I got my agent. And I can tell you that story if you want. Um, and that book isn't coming out until 25 now. Oh, okay. (laughs) So, and I have multiple books coming out in between. So it's, you know, publishing. For sure. Yeah, yeah. I so I want to say one thing before because I do want to hear I do want to hear the story about how you got your agent with with that book. Sure. Um, mm-hmm. But I did want to say one thing. I mean, so you stuck to your guns on that one, and you were unagented. I just I feel like that is such a big deal. Like it it that is a skill that I feel like all writers have to learn is you know when to say yes and when to say no. Even, even, you know, just with your critique group, like what feedback are you going to take? What are you not going to take? How invested in the story are, are you? And how sure are you that this is the way to tell it? Right. So that's, and I think, right. I think partly too, like once you have an agent, it's kind of like, okay, well, I sent it through my critique groups. I, I really like it. I'm, you know, not taking feedback for X, Y, and Z. I really like it. I feel like it's good. I'm going to send it to my agent. If my agent's on board, then I'm definitely like, oh, okay, like I was right, like that, like that feels good. But I feel like if my agent is then like, oh, well, I think you should do blah blah blah. It's it's a lot harder for me to sort of negate that feedback because of the level he's at, right in the in the publishing world. Um, so to go in unagented and get that feedback from editors who are even that much further along is, I mean, it's just, it's very impressive. I'm, I think that's awesome. Like, it's, it's really cool that you were able to do that and just be like, no, like this is what it needs to be. And then you went on to get it published. So well done. Yeah. Oh, thanks. Yeah. I mean, I don't even know. There's no question there. So, <laughs> but I will. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'm so I'll sorry. Answer. It was just me yeah, talking. <laughs> well, can I, can I, can I phrase, I'll, I'll phrase that in the, I guess the form of a question is how, how is okay. it that you came to believe in it strongly enough to submit? And, and I asked that from my perspective too, because I've got a bunch of manuscripts mm. and no, no agent. And, you know, we've had lots of conversations on this show about people who have gotten agents by getting a book published first, which bucks conventional mm-hmm. wisdom 
Um, you've got to go through mm -hmm. an agent who believes, you know, Brenna, to your point, you, you have to have someone believe in you and stand up for you and make a good contract for you. Um, but what, what was it that unlocked that readiness for you? Well, I think, I mean, first of all, I'd been writing for a while already, I think, you know, so I, I think I had a better sense by the time I was subbing that story, that particular story, I had already been writing for, let's see, I started subbing that in early 2020 or 2019. Um, so I had already been doing it for like three years. I've been writing uh, and going to conferences and like learning the business and all of that. Picture and books so, and kidlet. yeah. Picture books and kidlet, yeah. And so I think by that point, I felt like not, I don't know, not strong in my ability, but like, like I, I kind of knew like who I, I know who I am now. And I know that, you know, I felt confident in my, my abilities and what I know. I don't know. Like, it's, that's a hard question. Like, oh, how did I feel <laughs> confident enough? Like, I don't know. I just, I, and I don't feel that way about every story either. Mm -hmm. You know, like there are certain stories I have a story now that I'm like, how am I going to make this saleable? Like, how am I going to make this work? Um, so, but for some reason, that particular story, like it just, like I said, it flew out of me. I just felt good about it from the very beginning. And I just, I just knew there was something there. And I, so I just, I just felt confident. I don't know why. Sorry. No, 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 no don't be sorry. Yeah. <laughs> and there doesn't have to be a concrete reason other than, uh, I mean, it seems like you put in the work. You put in three, you know, three years right. of, you know, this is not the first thing that I've written. Um, I, it's not like I didn't have CPs and didn't have an understanding of how the industry works. I mean, clearly, you know, you, you had done the work. And so, you know, I, I think that's what led to it, or at least that's that's what, what seems to be the case. Um, yeah. yeah. And, and I'll tell you, like, how that story got published, too, is which is um, so earlier. It, so in 2019, I had uh, applied to the PB Chat mentorship with, you know, uh, that Justin Cologne had put together. And I was matched with, or I was chosen by Lori Degman, who's amazing rhymer. And she, so I had this three month mentorship in 2019. And through that, we actually did, this story was written after that mentorship. So we worked on other stories that none of which were sold. Um, which is really sad because they were really good. And they might come <laughs> back, you know, zombie, yeah, yeah, it's so we'll see. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. But um, she was, she, I think she also helped boost my confidence too, because, you know, the fact that, first of all, that I was chosen out of so many talented people, and that, you know, she felt that my rhyme skills and my story skills were, you know, to the point where she, at the end of the three year, three year, three, <laughs> three month mentorship, um, she said, like, do you want me to introduce you to some of the editors that I've worked with? Oh, my gosh. Who says like, no to that? Hello, right. jaw on the ground. Right. Um, you know, I was just like, yes, thank you. That would be amazing. Oh, awesome. And so one of the editors that she had worked with was Sarah Rocket at Sleeping Bear. And so I had submitted a story to her, which she did not, that she passed on which is one of my favorite stories. It's actually the story that I, that got me the mentorship. It's called um, Chicken Patty and the Ping Pong Ball 
predicament. Oh my god! Wait, wait, wait! <laughs> is that a story <laughs> you might work on in the future to bring back, or would you like we'll to read see. it on the podcast today for something we like to call the Dead Manuscript I knew, Society? <laughs> I knew you were going to ask me about that, and I thought about it, but I will read you a couple lines from it. Okay, no, nope, that's right, that's right. totally fair. Yeah, okay. But anyway, I, I loved that story and Lori loved that story because she chose me and whatever. But anyway, so I sent that to Sleeping Bear and she passed on it. And But she said, like, I love your rhyme. I love what you're doing. Do you have anything else that's polished that you want to send me? And I was like, oh, do I? And so I sent her two more. And again, she passed on those. And this is over a course of many, many months, right? Like it didn't just happen like quickly. Yeah. Uh, and then in the course of that time... I had written brainstorm and I felt like it was strong and I knew she liked my work. And I was like, you know what? She's still, she was still contemplating the two other stories I had sent her. And so I don't know if it was like, okay for me to send her another one, but I didn't really care. I was like, you know what? I have an editor who is interested in my stuff totally. and I'm just going to go ahead and send it. And the worst she can say is no. Right. She, I mean, whatever. I got to try. So I sent her brainstorm and I said, Hey, I know you're still looking at these other two, but I have this one and I thought maybe you'd like it too. So then of course, you know, crickets for a few months. And then finally she got back to me and she said, well, these other two we're going to pass on, but I really like brainstorm. I'd like to bring it to our editorial meeting. And I was like, Oh my God, I don't know what that means, but yay. Yeah, right. And Wherever then... you're taking it, that's fine. Do you need me to sign a field trip release? Like what, what do yeah, you need? Exactly. <laughs> And then she did. And then the pandemic hit. Like that was literally like March. And then I didn't hear for many, many months. And then finally in August, she wrote back. She's like, you know, congratulations. We'd really love to offer you a deal. So that's wow. what happened. I mean, another <laughs> PB chat success story, really. I mean, Justin Cologne, I just want to shout him out real quick is, I mean, he's done so much for the Kidlet community in starting that and just, uh, you know, just everything, just as a resource. And the Kidlet Hive that he started now, I mean, the classes that he offers are just, they're all incredible yeah. across the board, super inclusive, super affordable. Um, yeah. And you heard it here. Totally. If you, if you want to foot in the door, <laughs> go apply for a PB chat mentorship. Oh, I think Today. it's over. Yeah, he, right. He doesn't do, yeah, right. <laughs> Yeah. But PB Rising but, Stars is coming, and he is yeah. a mentor for That's PB true. Rising Stars. So this episode will be out probably after those applications are closed. But, I mean, whoever is paired with him is just, I mean, whoever is paired with any of those mentors, they're all incredible. It's going to be a lot of success coming. Totally. That is a um, – there's a sort of a binary Sometimes we think agented, unagented, but that that feels like, and I don't know if you think about it this way, but it, it feels like a like a gray area or a third option where um, you weren't you weren't agented and you weren't cold querying. It it was a relationship based sale, right? Uh, where you That's you right. stepped up with your work. You had someone who believed in you, who was able to connect to you. Um, yes. I'm just I'm I'm verbally underlining that point because. It, what we reinforce a lot here is that yes, I mean, cold querying can get you in in the door and, and can work, but you know, make a community, um, find find your people and find people that believe in you. Um, I guess is yeah. is the point. Yeah, yeah. And my, I always recommend, I, you know, some of the advice I always tell people when they ask me like, what's your biggest piece of advice for writers is 
you know, do all the things, like put yourself out there as much as possible because you have no idea where these relationships are going to take you. Um, you know, be kind to everybody, give back whenever you can, you know, say yes as much as you can without, you know, depleting yourself. Right. But, you know, always just try to help other people and, and just really don't be scared to like, do the Twitter pitches, do the mentorships, try out, you never know. Like, even if you don't get the mentorship, like, for instance, uh, before the PB chat mentorship, I had applied, there used to be something called writing with the stars. Uh, it was, uh, Tara Luby oh. had created it for many years. And, and then when Justin started his, I think, you know, like she was just like, you know what, I'm tired of, I don't I don't know what happened, but like that went away and this one came in. Um, but anyway, for writing with the stars, I had applied for, I'm trying, it was, I can't remember which year it was, it might've been 2018. I had applied for a mentorship with Corey Rosenschwartz. Oh, yeah. Oh, my incredible gosh. Rhymer. Yeah. And now, and she said, oh, well, I didn't choose you, but I really loved your submission. And it turns out she lives very nearby. And she's like, would you like to meet for coffee? What? Oh, my gosh. Kidding? Wow. And so I was like, sure. And so we met for coffee and now we're friends, you know. Um, and then same with the PB chat thing. Um, you know, I... I got the mentorship with Lori, but I also received an email, an email from uh, Jill Esbaum, who is amazing, another amazing rhymer. And she actually wrote me, actually, I'm going to get it. It's on, it's hanging on my wall. She wrote me an email and I'll just read this. To oh, you. awesome. This is way, way before any, um, before any of my success, if you want to call it success, but any of my books and whatever. She wrote me this email. I love that it's hanging on your wall, by the way. I, hanging I love on my that. wall. Yeah. That's fantastic. I printed it out um, and says, Rebecca, I just wanted to let you know that I really enjoyed your mentorship application and manuscript. You came close. I know that's good news, bad news thing, but I hope it'll motivate you to keep going. You're a talented rhymer. Sometimes, most times when I critique a rhyming story, I suggest that rhymers try it in prose to see if it works better. Um, to, but to you, I'm happy to say, keep writing and rhyme. Oh, it feels good to tell somebody that occasionally. Those times are few and far between. Seriously, I expect big things from you. Wow. And so I was like, oh, yeah. that's so, like it, and that was August 1st, 2019. So, you know, that's before any of this other stuff has happened. And so that just makes me like, it just, Anyway, so the point is, <laughs> I feel sweet. like I'm getting on a tangent, no, but it was like, you know, like I, so now I have this relationship with Jill too. And now, she, you know, years later, now we're in 2023, um, I reached out to her when Brainstorm came out and I told her, you know, I have this email that you sent me se several years ago that has really inspired me. And, um, you know, you really, you really help keep me going. And maybe that's where I got some of my confidence from mm. in terms of brainstorm and how I, I just felt good about it. Like, because I had people telling me like, you know what, you're on the right track, like you're doing all the right things. And so, um, and then she had me on her blog, which is picture book builders. Um, and she featured both my books 
And then now she's asked me to be a blogger for Picture Book Builders. Oh, wow. Uh, starting, starting this summer. So I'm excited to do that. So, you know, again, my point is, is like, do all the things, be nice to all the people, like give back whenever you can, because you never know when these relationships are going to, where they're going to lead. It's so true. I feel like we talk about that all the time on the podcast is just people are sort of primed to say yes because we hear no so often. So, you know, just, yeah, exactly what you're saying. You know, like, don't be afraid to ask either. Lots of people are just like, yeah, I got an email from blah, blah, blah. They just cold emailed me and, you know, asked for help. And I was like, yeah, sure. And you're like, wow, really? Okay, that's what you can do? You know, so just, yeah, just do it. Put yourself out there. And also, it it bears noting, because this is a situation I'm in, not having sold anything, not having, I mean, I have people that, you know, enjoy and believe in my work, but, you know, pre, pre-publication, pre pre-deal, yeah, Brenda raised her hand, thank you. <laughs> but I love Josh's just, stuff. There's, a, there's joy in uh, in the relationships, pre-transaction, pre, pre, pre pre-deal. Uh, there's just so much more to love about the process as you're creating community. Um, aside yeah. from the pursuit of a deal, if I never make a deal, it's still rewarding and fun for me. Gosh, I sure hope I do, but it's still rewarding and fun for me to sort of investigate what's possible, read other people's work and sort of expand um, who I am by, by doing stuff like the podcast, by cr- critiquing and, you know, offering up pieces of myself. And every part of that is leading you towards your goals, for sure. Like, because the more you read other people's work, the more you can see in your own work some of the, you know, flaws or things that you need to work on, I find. Like, I when I critique people's stuff, I'm like, I'm telling this person to do X, Y, Z. I should really listen to that advice because I'm doing the exact same thing. Yeah. Um, you know, and I think that that it all is going to lead you. I think it's really important to be doing it because you love it. Like I honestly didn't go into this feeling like I have to get a book deal or else I won't feel, you know, accomplished. Like I, my whole, so I used to be a journalist in my previous life before I had my children until my children, uh, you know, usurped 10 years. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And I missed writing so much. Like I took time off to be a mom and I did that and I was committed to that and I enjoyed it. But at a certain point when my kids started to be, go into school and I had these blocks of time, I was like, I just miss writing, you know? And I ended up taking a writing class locally. Um, and it was just, it was called Where Do I Begin? Because, and it was perfect. So I was like, I have no idea. I just want to write again. And I didn't know what I was going to write about. And I started to write these random poems and the, the uh, teacher happened to be a middle grade author. And she's like, I think these might be picture booky type things. Like you should look into that. And I was like, okay, how do I, how do I do that? And she told me about SCBWI and I went to a conference and I was like, oh my God, these are my people. And like, you know, but I didn't go into this whole thing again, you know, like I've always been a writer and I love writing and I love playing with words. And so I'm not as much as, of course, I wanted to have a book deal that wasn't, that hasn't been like the reason that I started writing again. Um, And so, and I think having that attitude helps to bring all the good things to you because you are it's it's about the love 
of the writing and it's about the community, like you say, you know, meeting people and bringing people into your life versus, you know, I just have to get a deal. I just have to get a deal. You know, I think that that can, that can kill a lot of things. (laughs) It's very genuine, right? Like you're coming in, you know, for, for all of the like right reasons for, for lack of a better term. Yeah. Like it's, it's a genuine, sincere love of writing, and there are other people who also have that that sincerity. And so you sort of like, you know, yeah, pull those people in, which is yeah, how we right. all have found each other, which is great. Totally. Um, can we circle back? Can you tell us about how you got your agent and the book, the book that got the agent? I would love to hear that story. Oh, sure. Okay. So <laughs> this is a fun story. Oh, good. Um, We're here for fun okay. stories. <laughs> Are you? Hey, everybody. Sorry to forestall your enjoyment of Rebecca's fun story, but we're going to take a break and uh, do so for the magnanimous and beneficial purpose of reviewing some books that we like. Here goes with John's review. If you're ever unsure about how to spend your time outside, then My Dad is a Tree by John Agee will help with your dilemma. I'm sure it's a common dilemma that we've all faced before. Why? Because trees get to spend all day outside, that's why, and they definitely don't mind if slugs go over their roots or owls sleep on their branches or even have kites get stuck in them. A wholesome story that also feels like it subtly introduces ideas of mindfulness and stillness and the appreciation of the special moments that would otherwise be overlooked as we carry about with our days and work. That is, if you're willing to act like a tree for an entire day at the whim of your imaginative children, the best thing for me would be a tree that sits down in a chair. Um, I'll just put that out into the world. Brenna's review for this week is The Unbudgeable Curmudgeon by Matthew Burgess and illustrated by Fiona Woodcock. And I absolutely almost read this in an old grumpy old man voice and then I chickened out. Ever tried to ungrouch someone to the point that their grouchiness spreads to you? This adorable yet grumpy curmudgeon just won't budge, but the hilarious illustrations invite you to try anyway. Pick this one up today for anyone in your life who may have trouble shaking a bad mood. Finally, um, the, I would review a book. This is not coordinated in any way, but I'm going to review a book that may put you out of a bad mood if you're in one. It's called A Pizza with Everything on It by Kyle Sheel. Sheely? Sheel? I'm not sure how you pronounce it. Uh, S-E-H-E-E-L-E. Apologies, Kyle, if you read this. And somehow perfectly illustrated by the perfectly named and perfectly pronounceable Andy J. Pizza. Does exactly, this book, does exactly what it says in the title. I guess it's a sort of be careful what you wish for type of scenario, but the son definitely doesn't seem to be disappointed with the results when he and his pizza maker father make a pie so big it creates a black hole and swallows the universe. I love it for its absolute preposterousness and for the main character's son to literally make his whole existence out of pizza. Uh, Very relatable, but this book does not disappoint. Um, And now back to Rebecca's fun story. Okay, so so when I was, so when I had Brainstorm uh, ready, I started querying agents with it as well as some publishers. Um, And I know people have mixed feelings on whether you should do that or not. But I was just of the mind that I'm just going to go for it and see what happens. Um, And so one of the people that I had queried was Caitlin Sanchez, who is my agent. Um, And I queried her. She had just opened up. This was 2020, summer 2020, I think. Um, Yeah, summer 20. 
Yes, summer 2020. Sorry, I'm like, I'm my brain. Um, anyway, so yes, she had just opened up to queries. Uh, she had just, you know, she had finished her internship and she had just opened up and she literally opened, I think, for two days and she had like 500 applicants. Like it was like insane. That sounds right. And I was, yeah. I was one of those and she, and, and I queried with Brainstorm and she wrote back almost immediately, which is amazing. She has, I don't know how she finds the time to do everything she does. I don't does. think she sleeps. Um, yeah. No, we've, we yeah, talked. really don't. We talked to her when she was on the show about that. Yeah. yeah and we, we had questions. I was like, how do you, how do you do that? I don't know. Yeah. It's really, she is like beyond human. But anyway, uh, so during that time, she, um, she wrote back. She's like, I love this. What else do you have? And so I sent her everything I had, including my, you know, ping pong laying chicken. Yeah. And <laughs> I cannot wait for just even like a line of that. Um, and she, uh, she, she said, said, send me everything. She's like, send me even your works in progress, everything. So I sent her everything. Wow. And then after a few weeks, maybe actually, I don't remember, but she came back and she said, you know, I'm really sorry. I love your stuff, but I just took on like 14 clients and I can't, Take any more right now. Oh, my gosh. So can I hold your stuff, you know, in my maybe folder for later? And I was like, of course. So then, you know, so that was like summer in the summer. And then literally like three weeks later is when I got the offer from Sleeping Bear. Um, And I didn't circle back. I mean, in retrospect, I probably should have circled back to Caitlin. But I guess I just felt like she just told me no. So I felt like that would be weird. So I didn't do that. Um, And I... I didn't have it out with any other agents at that time. And so I just went ahead with it and did it on my own. Um, and then that winter, I had gone to a conference. I had a one-on-one uh, opportunity critique with an editor at HarperCollins. And I, she didn't particularly you know, love the story that, I, that we had talked about in our 15 minutes, but she had opened for a one-week window after the conference. And I had this new story that I had just written called I Will Always Be. And it's similar to Whatever Comes Tomorrow in that it's a like more inspirational, poetic, uh, lyrical uh, text. And I didn't know for sure if she would go for it, but I had an opportunity. I was unagented. You know, like I said, you have to go for whatever opportunities you have. And in fact, she had said during our one-on-one session that uh, rhyme is a really hard sell at Harper specifically because they are very bottom line driven and rhyme can't translate and this and that. So I knew it was definitely a reach, but I was like, you know what? I got to try. So I sent her the story. I felt really good about it. In the meantime, I had sent it to a bunch of different agents. Um, And then in February, I got a email back from the editor at Harper saying, I love this. I want it. I want to take it to acquisitions next week. Please tell me that nobody has offered on this story. Oh my God. And I was like, is this real? <laughs> am I being, am I being punked right Is now? it like, April 1st? Let me check the calendar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I just, I was in shock. Um, and so at that point I kind of panicked because I was like, I don't have an agent. This is Harper Collins. Like, what am I going to do? Right. And I immediately emailed all the agents that ha- I had it out with. And this is going to be sort of sad, a sad uh, thing for your listeners to hear. But the truth was I sent it. There was 10 agents who I 
who I reached out to who had it. And I would, I think it was like five or six didn't even respond <laughs> at all, even though I had a deal yeah. in hand it's, from HarperCollins. It relatable, yeah. Totally. <laughs> and then the other ones, like, I think I only had two that asked for more work. And one of them decided, said, you know, rhyme is not, just not my thing. And most of my stuff is in rhyme. Mm. Uh, and one was like, I really want to do more nonfiction. So your stuff is great, but I don't really, it's, I don't feel like we're the right fit. Um, and so I just, I was shocked out of 10 agents that not one with a deal in hand from HarperCollins, like would take me on. It's, and I, yeah. it's very I have a friend anyway. that happened to too. Same thing. She tried, she had the, she had the deal and just was like, please help rep- represent me, right? Like I need to figure out the contract and how to do this. And it just, yeah. And still, still she's, the book is coming out and she still is like looking for an agent. She's closer now with some other manuscripts and they want more work and you know, whatever, but it's just, yeah, I feel like it's not always a sure thing. It's so interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And kind of see so the then at that point a little bit in, in terms of it being, you know, we're going to embark on, on a longer term deal. And I, if they can't make the responsible decision to do it right then, then, you know, it's got to be a no. But yeah, it's it's disappointing yeah. nonetheless. Although I do I do respect the agents that didn't just jump on it, totally. you know, and say, oh, well, there's a deal. I'm going to take it because it's you know, free money. Right? Like, you know, um, so I I do respect that, you know, that they, they at least acknowledged, like, you know, this is just not my thing. Yeah. Um, so that, that was nice. But then I was like, okay, well, I have this big contract and there's a lot of words in it and I don't know how to right? read it. And none of them so are I in rhyme. Help. So I need somebody to read this. None of them are in rhyme. They're barely in English. So. Please help me. <laughs> so anyways, I, I just went through all my files and I was like, wait a minute, Caitlin really liked my stuff. She really loved Brainstorm. She liked my other stuff. Like, let me just. I mean, I know she's closed. She was closed at that time. But I was like, you know what? I'm just going to try. Because again, you know, you got to just try because you just never know. So true. And so I emailed her and I'm like, hey, I don't know if you remember me, but I have this deal and I could use some help. And if you still like my stuff, you know, would you consider it? And she wrote back again right away. She always writes back right away. <laughs> and um, she's like, oh, my God, that's amazing. Uh, I love Brainstorm. Like, please send me all your new stuff, anything you have that's new. Uh, and I sent her everything that I had that's new. And then, like, I think a week later, you know, we had a call. And then she offered me rep. And, and that was that was it. And now we've sold six more books holy guacamole yeah that's wild yeah that's and one of them was whatever comes tomorrow wow are they all in rhyme they're all that is so impressive sorry josh go ahead yeah well i was just gonna say is this the one that comes out in 25 yes so i will i it's called i will always be it was originally slated for 23 for the spring of 23 um, and then it was pushed to 24 because the illustrator wasn't able to Mm. do it by 23 uh, she had other commitments and then um recently it got pushed again to 25 <laughs> yeah. so well thankfully you've got oh, wow. items yeah. in the fire yes mm-hmm. yeah yeah right. that's fantastic yeah again underlining this notion of relationships being so important to success yeah and just to take take all those chances take a chance 
Yeah. Neither one of us realized, I guess, that you were repped by Caitlin, but it makes oh. it makes so much sense. There's a Caitlin vibe, and she seems to have a really good sensibility for what sounds like a voice that um, that fits with, you know, Team Sanchez. Mm-hmm. Um, and both of your books, I mean, I know she didn't rep um, Brainstorm, but uh, both of your books that are out sound like Caitlin books. Yeah. Sounds like a great relationship. Yeah, definitely. And, she, and I appreciate that she, like, well, first of all, that she likes rhyme and is and is open to it and, mm-hmm. and understands that, you know, all that, people say, you know, editors don't like rhyme and it's, it's not true. <laughs> like I've sold eight books all in rhyme. Uh, and it's just a matter of finding it. First of all, it, it, you have to know what you're doing, right? Put in the work. I mean, I put in many years of work to make sure that it's good and right. And, you know, I, and so that I think is really important. If you want to write in rhyme, it has to be good. Mm-hmm. It has to be really good. And if you don't know what that means, <laughs> then you should take Renee Latulipe's Lyrical Language Lab, which is was a game changer for me and for many other poets I know. Um, that's number one. Um, but also, like, mm. Caitlin and I have a really strong partnership. And, like, if I know of an editor who just you know, signed something, a friend of mine's deal that's in rhyme. And like, I'll put her on the list. Like, you know, all like we work together to find those editors and, and most, I would say most, I, there's been very, very few editors who have ever come back and said, you know, yeah, I'm just, I'm not really, you know, a fit for rhyme. It's usually, I would say most editors are open to it versus most editors are not open to it. Uh, I think that's a very huge misunderstanding in the world. Well, and, and, and what, I, um, what I am gleaning from my, you know, sort of increasing understanding of the way that agenting works is that, you know, good agents, most agents should have a sensibility for whether or not certain editors or certain houses are going to be open to certain types of manuscripts and so that that has to play into it like like we're not going to sub to this house because that they're just it's not it's not the right vibe it's not going to connect and so you know let's let's maintain that relationship but not you know not sub this one sort of thing yeah and to your point right editors are open to good rhyme they don't like bad rhyme, which is fair because nobody likes bad rhyme, right? It's stilting and it's weird and it's forced and it's the whole thing. So like, yeah, if you can do it well, which obviously you can, then yeah, editors are like hungry for it, I think, because kids also love rhyme as long as it's good. Like they can tell bad rhyme too. If you, you know, if you're stopping in between or you're like falling over your words, like it just doesn't lend itself very well to a kid listening to it either. You know, it's like not enjoyable. So, right. Right. And I think more important than rhyme or not rhyme, and I think this is another thing that people get wrong, is that it's not about whether it rhymes or not. It's about whether it's a good story Mm -hmm. that has marketability. Whether or not it rhymes is like a whole, it doesn't, like that's a different issue. But like first and foremost, if the story isn't marketable, like if it's it's a, this is a business, right? And ed, an editor needs to go to, even if they love something, they have to go to their higher ups. They have to go to the financial people and be like, this is going to sell. And this is the audience. And here's why it's going to sell. 
um, before they can offer you a deal. Right. So, you know, whether or not it rhymes, is like a whole different issue. You know, I have many, 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 many manuscripts in rhyme and in not rhyme that have not sold. And it has nothing to do with the fact that they're in rhyme or not rhyme. It has to do with the fact that they're not, they don't have enough hooks. Like there's not enough of a market or it's too niche or whatever. Like there has to be a reason for them to say yes to the book because it's going to sell. Uh, not because they love it or they I was going to say, too, there has to be a reason that it's in rhyme. Like, the rhyme has to sort of, like, elevate the book. Not just like, oh, I thought it would be fun. Or, like, you know, kids kids really like it, right? True. If it doesn't... If it doesn't help the right. story along, then it's not, it's just like, you know, any other writing technique, right? If it's not helping your story, right. then it, it's not, it's not working. Like you have to take it out. So, yeah. Right. Exactly. Can I ask a, a businessy question? This is a, a bit of a turn, um, sure. but since we're talking about, you know, saleability and uh, your career thus far in picture books, it's a, it's, I think, a salient point to, to dive into. Um, especially as you negotiate with mm-hmm. Caitlin, you've got a book out from Barefoot. You've got a book out from Sleeping Bear, um, which was direct to publisher. Mm-hmm. And you've got, you know, before um, Brainstorm came out, you you probably had at least a couple of those half dozen deals already in place. I'm curious about how making increasing numbers of deals um, before or while your first book is coming out has changed the, the negotiation for who you sub to, um, what you expect in terms of contract, um, what the sorts of deals that you're making. Um, is it a, is it a career calculus? Is it a, like, you know, I, I want to get what I'm sort of like my, enhancing profile as an author uh, merits or or is it more about finding finding the right home for whatever your voice is that's Ooh, a big question gosh, i'm sorry for talk about being so long huge question <laughs> not really sure how to tackle that um i so first and foremost both caitlin and i are on the same page when it comes to my work um i want to get the books made so whether that's with a big house or a small house, you know, honestly, I really don't care. I mean, Sleeping Bear's advance was this big, tiny. Um, for, for the uh, listening and, audience. You know, HarperCollins yeah, right. was, yeah. <laughs> for those in the listening audience, it's like, so <laughs> Um, because I was a debut, I was, I didn't, I didn't have an agent, so I didn't know what to ask for. I didn't know I could push back. Yeah. I, I will say for your audience, like, I would say uh, smaller publishers are going to probably be under $5,000, you know, sometimes way mm-hmm. under $5,000. Um, and then your big five publishers are going to be, you know, 10000 ish maybe, or more, or a little more. It, it depends on, I, that, I'm just saying in my experience, yeah. right? Like, and that's just for the writing, right? Like that has nothing to do. If you're an author, illustrator, obviously you're going to get a lot more. Um, so I think that that's been out there. Like I, I don't, I feel comfortable saying that. Mm-hmm. Like that's pretty like normal. Right. But like, um, yeah. Although I do know some people who have gotten less than ten thousand from a big five too. So like I, you know, I can't, I can't say that with. So, yeah, and that just, it just brings up, like, an interesting point, right? Because I think, 
I think smaller houses, yeah, that makes that makes sense because I think they just they don't have that kind of money, right? They just can't offer that. Um, it's not that they're trying to, you know, get a deal or you know offer you less. It's be it's because that's you know this is what they can offer. I I think that's my impression. And the bigger houses, even though sometimes they do offer less, maybe that's maybe that's where the information or the takeaway comes from. Like if you know you're getting an offer from a bigger house, it it's worth it to investigate that and maybe you know, negotiate back and forth a little bit to see, you know, where they land on things. Um, and again, I'm only, I'm only putting it out there because I just feel like it, there is a lot of mystery around it. Um, and so trying to, to put it out there for people. But I will say, you know, going back to, yeah, for sure. And I will say in regards to your question, Josh, like, um, I have learned now that I have more deals, right? And I know what's normal and what's not normal. And I know what to expect from the contract and what is normal in a contract and what is not normal in a contract. Um, You know, that I am more confident in expressing to Caitlin and to the editor, like, this is not acceptable. I need X, Y, and Z to proceed. You know, whereas with Sleeping Bear, I was just thrilled to just have anybody accept yes. my work. I mean, I had been doing this for four and a half years and I was like, I can't believe I'm going to make a book. Like I really didn't yeah. care. I didn't care that it was a little bit of money. I didn't care what the terms were. I was just like, yes, yes. And I think that is a mistake that a lot of people do. Um, and I've learned my lesson. And in retrospect, I wish I would have asked for more. Um, and I see that there are certain things that I should have asked for that I just didn't, I just didn't know that mm-hmm. I should have. Um And thankfully, like now I do have an agent and I have the experience and I know what a contract's supposed to look like and I know what I will accept and what I won't accept. Um, And for anybody listening, the Authors Guild, if you don't know, they have, it's called, I forget what they call it. It's like the model contract. It's called, I think it's called the model contract. And if you Google model contract Authors Guild, it'll come right up and it goes through an entire you know, publishing contract, you know, uh, clause by clause, which, you know, is fun to read, <laughs> but, um, it will tell you, Good bedtime. <laughs> it will explain, yeah. yeah, it'll explain like all the things that you should and should not have and should and should not accept. And it'll give you tips. So and it's totally free for everybody. So I wish I would have had yes. that. That is, that's a great resource. I actually um, linked that in the last episode that we had come out with Jessica Whipple because um, same thing. She had sold a book, but you know didn't uh, you know understand the contract or whatever. Her husband is a lawyer, so she had that benefit. So that was really helpful. But also, right. you know, there are resources out there like the Authors Guild that you can you can even have them. I think my my friend who I was talking about earlier in the episode, Katrina, who sold a book and then couldn't find an agent, needed to figure out this contract. And I believe that's who she finally went through. And I think they offer services yeah. um, you know, beyond beyond just the model contract if you're really confused or you you need like a negotiator. So that's a great yeah, that's a great reference to sort of yeah. put out there. And there are some agents too, I think, that do I think um Melissa what's her name? I forget her name. If I find it, I'll email it to you. But there are some some agents that also will, like, on the side, like, help you out on these kind of things, too, um, even though they don't necessarily represent all your work. Um, because I will say, also, for Sleeping Bear, I did hire a lawyer um, for pretty much half my advance, if not 
more <laughs> life spent yeah, on the right? lawyer. Um, and, <laughs> and it was helpful, sort mm. of, but she couldn't, she didn't negotiate. It's just a ner- me, like interpretation. Right? She did, she right. basically said, like, this, yeah, like, this looks legit. Like, this looks normal. Like, this looks fine. But right. she wasn't like, you should push hard on this or you should do that. Um, and so I think there was that piece that I just didn't have at that point. Um, and I wish I had. Yeah, because, I mean, you well, just, you don't know. <laughs> you you don't know until you know which i think is a lot of this business right like you just you just don't know totally. i mean you have to sort of just jump in and find out you know which is part of you know back to your point originally is you know making these connections and talking to people and just like you know trying to be uh for you know forthcoming with like helping out or saying yes or or whatever you know cuz it the more you know and the more people you right. know the more the more information you have so um, but so That's I know, right. I know we're up to an hour, but if, if you're willing to share like a, like a line yeah. or, or oh. whatever <laughs> you, and again, you don't have to, okay. um, from your, from your dead manuscript, then we would love to hear it. Oh my gosh. All right. Let me see if I can find it. So here. while you're, while you're bringing um, that up and I don't, I won't make you multitask necessarily, yeah. but m- maybe put a pin in, um, ending the conversation on whatever comes tomorrow. And, um, you know, th- this notion of mm. anxiety and, um, and, and the way no, that we you, didn't even talk you came about, about yeah, yeah. I want to make sure that, oh, no, I'm no, sorry. it's all been a great conversation, <laughs> but I, w- I want to make sure that yeah. we dive into, you know, where that comes from, um, whether that's, that's something that's manifested itself from your own personal experiences or, you know, how, how you, how you think about, um, the, the sort of like beautiful butterfly narrative that's in the book coupled with your really careful, um, you know, resources that you provide in the back matter, as well as your additional resources that you have on your website that are, um, not, were not built by you, but were built, you know, they were, they're accompanying resources, very, very clinical, very familiar sort of like worry, um, adaptation methodology that I've, I've understood in exploring that stuff with, you know, myself and, and, and my family. Mm -hmm. So again, another rambling sort of observation from, from our end, but I'm, I'm curious if that, if you come by that manuscript, honestly, and how you approached making sure that you handled the subject matter responsibly. Well, okay. So that <laughs> Josh is really good at Again, the big asking, questions. <laughs> yeah, asking the real she, personal yeah, stuff. Yeah, man. Woo. Uh yes. So I have struggled with anxiety for my whole life. I had no idea that that's what it was until probably college because, you know, I just knew that I was always as a kid like very and still still as an adult very I need routine. I need predictability. I, I pretty much eat the exact same food every single day. People think I'm weird, but like it, I find comfort in knowing what's happening next, like what's going to happen and not having to put a lot of thought into it. Because if I, if I think about what do I feel like eating today, like my mind will just go in a million directions and I'll waste so much time. So for, for me, it's just, it's easier to manage my anxiety by creating routine. Like, so that's how I manage my anxiety. But, um, so as a kid, I was always like freaking out about what's the next thing, what's going to happen. When's the next shoe going to drop? You know, um, I really hated it when there was a substitute teacher or a change to the schedule or, you know, any sort of change. And, um, 
you know, so this story is about that, you know, again, it was like, it started off as a poem. Most of my stories start as poems. Um, it started, I, I do a poem a week challenge with some critique partners and that, and we, we pick a word and then we just riff on that word. And this particular week, it was the word surprise. And I just started thinking about surprises in my life and whatever. And it really started off as very surface level, like, what are some surprises? Oh, birthday surprises and a new puppy or whatever. And then it kind of quickly like turned into like, I hate surprises. I hate surprises. And I was like, why do I hate surprises? And I realized it was tied to my anxiety and that I just, I don't like not knowing. And so then I started really going deep into that and just writing this poem about surprises and about, you know, what tomorrow might bring us. And sometimes those things are good and sometimes those things are bad. Um, but we always, as humans, we manage to get through them somehow, right? And we, um, we find our way through. So even if the surprise is something that we, like, let's say we worry about something bad happening, usually most things are not, they turned out to be fine, right? But sometimes they are bad. Like sometimes they are worse than we expected, but you know what? Even then we get through it. Like even then we find, we we're still here. Like it's still happening. Like we're still alive. We're still, we're still working through things. So I just wanted to explore that. Um, and the truth is like since college, since I realized I had this anxiety, you know, I've worked through it. I've been in therapy off and on, like pretty much my whole adult life. Um, I've learned a lot of these techniques, you know, the, the things that are in the back matter, which I did not write because they asked me to write. Um, but I felt, not like I'm not an expert in the field. I'm not a therapist. So I didn't feel like it was my place to, to give advice in that way. Like, obviously, some of that is weaved into the text, you know, like the breathing, the reminding yourself that I've done hard things in the past, and I will continue to do hard things in the future. Like that whole like, mentality is in the text. But the actual back matter, um, the wonderful people at uh, Barefoot, they have a child uh, child development specialist, uh, Stephanie, who wrote the back matter. Uh, and, you know, I looked at it and I, you know, gave my opinions and, you know, suggestions for certain things. But but that was really done by them. Um, but so, yes, it absolutely comes honestly. It's a 100 percent authentic. Like, again, it was a poem just that came from my experience, my heart and wanting to help kids you know, through some of these tough times because it stinks when you're worried. Like worrying. Yeah, and is not I, fun. I resonated so deeply with this book as well. And and just just a quick kudos to Barefoot for. I mean, we're bookending the episode talking about this book for for treating your manuscript with the respect, both to you know promote it and work with you to get the word out, but then also to make sure that you know they treated the subject matter responsibly. Um, I, I guess I'm not surprised oh, that totally, they have a specialist 100%. that they work with to make sure that, that these books that come out into the world and, you know, could end up conceivably in therapists' offices and in schools and, and those places are, are being authentic with how to handle those big feelings. So that's great. 
Oh, yeah. So they have a child uh, development specialist on staff, and then they also have, you know, consultants. And this went through um, some psychologists also to make sure that, you know, we were, like you say, acting responsibly and making sure that it's that the advice given, you know, is legit and, you know, make sure that make making sure that we're not giving any, you know, ill yeah. advice. So. One yeah. um uh, connective tissue between before we get to ping pong chickens is I like I, I'm enjoying <laughs> you relating the story of how whatever comes tomorrow came to be and imagining your critique partner's reaction to you submitting this like anxiety focused problem and saying you know this is not it's not really in this in the spirit of surprises like we we like birthday surprises we like puppy surprises Your, yours is a real downer <laughs> yeah <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, I have amazing critique partners and they're, they've, they're amazingly supportive. And, you know, this challenge that I'm part of is just for fun. It's really just for to sure. get the juices flowing each week. And also as we get more and more busy, all of us have books coming out and, you know, we're so busy with all the, the promotion mm-hmm. and the contracts and the, all the other stuff of it that this makes sure like this challenge helps us ensure that at least once a week, we're sitting down to write something. Um, and you know, it's, we miss weeks here and there, like life happens, but it's, it's good for me to have some accountability, like, and, and no, and none of them, we're not judging each other's poems. In fact, we're not even critiquing each other's poems. We're just sending it to each other every Sunday night be like, here's my poem. I did it. You know, like, yay, (laughs) I did it. You know, like it's so there was no judgment involved. Um, you know, and then after I created it, turned it into a picture book, then of course I asked them for their then feedback. They judged it. <laughs> but the initial poem Then they judged was it. Was that? After after you turned it into Then a they picture. judged it and I said, You're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you're talking no way, about. I bet they, this is perfect exactly the way it say, is. I bet, I bet they loved it. I bet they loved it. It's I mean it's yeah, it's a beautiful book. <laughs> No, they ripped it apart in all the right ways. <laughs> that's what you want in a good critique partner, though, right? I mean, yeah, that's exactly. Oh, 100%. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <sighs> okay, so you want to hear about chickens? I, I do. Whatever you're, whatever you're happy to share. All right. I'll, I haven't read this in a long time, so let's see if I can, if I don't stumble. We'll see how good my rhyme is. I don't know. I wrote this a long time ago. All right, it's called Chicken Patty and the Ping Pong Ball Predicament. <laughs> Chicken Patty can't lay eggs like all the other like the others in her pen. It's not her fate to incubate. She's not an average hen. Instead, she pops up pops out ping pong balls in shocking shades of pink. She knows it's strange. I want to change. Oh, what will others think? Patty keeps her secrets hidden safely out of sight. When nature calls and outcome balls, she paints them eggshell white. (laughs) While Patty's painting balls one day, her clever friend struts by. What's that I smell, says Chicken Bell. You paint your eggs? But why? I'm so ashamed, says Patty. Please don't tell the other chicks. Mum's the word, replies the bird. I'll help you find a fix. Bell suggests that Patty start by standing on one leg. If you obey for one full day, you will produce an egg. Easy peasy, Patty clucks. She stands up straight and tall. She wakes and sees between her knees a bright pink ping pong ball. (laughs) 
So, okay, I'll stop there. Oh my gosh, I love it already. <laughs> I, uh, the premise, I oh, mean, that whole premise is just like ridiculous and funny in like the best way. It's so, because yeah, why? I mean, it, they look like ping pong balls. So yeah, I could see how I'm that gonna... would be an issue. Right? <laughs> I've never done, I don't think we've done this before on the show, but I, I, because I love this concept so much, let's do this. I would put a challenge to any illustrator that listens to this episode to illustrate chicken patty and ping pong balls. Oh my gosh, how fun would that be? Oh yeah, God. if anybody has, if you want to illustrate hilarious. it, put it in the put it in the link so that we can all see. That would be awesome. Um, Rebecca, thank you so much for coming and for sharing some of your dead manuscript, which may be a zombie manuscript. Um, I just, I really appreciate it. We love to hear all that stuff. And that is just like such a fun, 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 fun one for you to have shared. So thank you. Thank you. Yeah. And it's fun to, to look at these again. Like I haven't, you know, been looking at my old stuff in a really long time. Yeah. So it's kind of cool to go back and be like, hmm. Maybe there is something here, you know? Who knows? So totally. go back and read your old stuff, everybody. Hopefully it doesn't yeah. make you cringe yeah. too hard. Yeah. <laughs> but obviously I stumbled there in the beginning, so maybe my rhyme wasn't quite as smooth as I thought. <laughs> Thanks for listening this week. Find all of our episodes and other associated links and information at linktree.com slash verse show. Or reach out to us on Twitter. Thanks again, and we'll see you next verse. Bye.